This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Good morning, church. I just love how God has an absolute humor sense because this morning I came into church and I was like, God, I have a testimony to tell. And then they're like, oh, it's a worship and testimony today. So I would just love to share with you. So a year and a half ago, um, as a student, an honor student, I finished and I was in this position that I had to start applying for a job. And what happened is um, I really got the job of my dreams and the company that everybody told me, if you apply here and if you get this job, then you will be in. And um, God told me that, my child, I know your heart's desires. And I know that this is what you think your plans are for yourself. But this is not the plans that I have for you. You know that you can do it, but I release you from this. And I walked away from that job because I know it was not from God. And I had no plans for myself. And I was dependent on God. And um, God sent me specifically to places and he told me that I'm going to find this lady and when I find her I have to ask her for a coffee date and I found that lady and I asked her for a coffee date and a week after I walked away with a job because he told me and he got there's no job here but God told me that I have to appoint you and I have to train you as a godly businesswoman and that is exactly what I'm going to do and um, God has been really through this time teaching me a few things. He's been teaching me what is true character in business. What does it mean to be bold? And what does true freedom mean? And true freedom is walking in the purpose that God has created you for. And um, what happened also in between is that this office that I work for is sold out for God. We pray every Monday morning into seat for two hours. And I've been really, truly learning what kind of women in business I want to be. And God has really been teaching me that there is no compromise, even in business. And that that is the type of leader that I want to be. And the last few months, I've been getting very comfortable. And like Sias always say, God doesn't operate in your comfort zone. And um, when I started this job, God also told me that it was going to be for a short period. And then he's going to release me. About two weeks ago, God gave me a dream and told me that the time is coming and that he's going to release me into business to be a leader myself. And um, I was wrestling with God. I was like, God, this position you're telling me about, um, it's like I'm going to be like David. I'm too small for this and it's too big for me. I don't, I can't do it. And God is like, but I gave you. Just stand up in authority and receive this because the same spirit that is within that is within you is the same spirit that resurrected God from the grave. And this is exactly what happened. The one morning I was sitting here, my boss was sitting in front of me and she's like, Anika, I just need to tell you that this happened now and that somebody offered you this position and I know this is from God and you have to take it. And I told her, I know this is a dream. I'm not even going to pray about it because he already told me what to do. And the next day I accepted the job and... Um, it's a position and I cried that night. I'm like, God, this is what you said, but it's so big because 
I'm not qualified for this and I didn't even give in a CV for the second time in my life. But, but and that is just how God operates. He doesn't, he, he, you don't need to be qualified, he will equip you. So basically on Monday, we'll be starting a new job, which God gives to me, which I didn't apply for. And it's a leadership position that I couldn't have prayed for before. So all glory to God, because wherever, you know, you will always make a way. And it just reminded me of what it really means of the fear of the Lord and what it means to be obedient. Because the fear of the Lord is obedience, even when it hurts, and obedience, even when you don't understand. So thank you, church. Hi, church. Um, I just have a quick testimony about, um, about like communication with the Lord in quiet time. Um, so, um, sort of walked into church at, at the start of the year after just getting married and entering a totally new season of my life. So, um, and I uh, also relatively recently started working. So a lot of things have shifted. And then I walked into churches this year and then, and then CIS says, um, uh, so like a, a part of the vision for the for, for the church for this year is to strip all the all the all the fluffy stuff away um, and just focus on, on on spending time with God and hearing from God and um, so so I, I had this real expectation okay I'm gonna like um, shift everything aside and and just you know just just in the mornings have have time with God and and, and anyway so I had this real expectation that God will give me the the ten steps um, of what I have to do to do good works, or um, just you know, just at this real expectation that that God will really show me, uh, you know, step by step how how um, I have to you know love my wife and this and that and and I will and I, and, and in this expectation and like really expecting that from God, I, I was really frustrated by not him not you know giving it to me or like not not not. Not telling me that, giving me that, that those ten, ten steps, and um, and yeah, quiet time's been a frustration for like the whole year basically, uh, and until until actually um, Thursday, um, where I, I just I just just clicked that like the first commandment is, command is, is love God, and and like from there it just just clicked. It's it's not it's simple and and, and like. So, so now it's, I don't know, it's just after that, I, I just, I just realized like loving God, it's where it all starts. And, um, and, f- and from there, um, because we love God, we, we repent. And anyway, um, okay, all right. Good morning, church. Um, I just want to share something with you that, um, God has, taught me um, in the last few weeks um, and it comes down to the fact that his word is so precious we must really we must really make pains to to study his word and to know it because there are so many answers in his word it's a precious it's that this is scut but also need with work and just drink from it um, a while ago I had a vision from God and it was like Jesus said to me let's go to the other side and you know, when he told that to the disciples, they got into the boat, they got to the other side, and then there was those big storms. And it was like really chaos. 
And um, as Jesus was on the boat with, with his disciples, they were panicky and they were so, I think, hysterical that he had no other choice but to calm the storm first just to enable them to hear his voice. Just my side. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, and I think that's the reason why he calmed the storm because um, when, when you go from holiness to holiness, he takes us through storms, but those storms makes us stronger people, and that's the whole purpose. And when you go through a storm, you can either, either learn from it or run from it. That's an old saying. We all know that. But then also in that process, um, um, I saw in the vision that Jesus was already there. He was already on the boat. And that for that reason, I had nothing to fear. And then those words came to me when Jesus quieted the storm. He told the disciples, where is your faith? That's the question that he asked them. Where is your faith? And then also, um, at the same time, there was just this one scripture that I've never seen in that way. I've never thought about that story that way, about the Shumamite woman and Elisha. And the story is in Kings where um, this woman who, who um, gave um, a house and, and somewhere to stay to Elisha and to Gehazi, um, when she was good to them, um, Elisha said to her, um, what can I do for you? And she said, no, 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 my Lord, I'm fine. I'm with my people. I'm happy. And we must also um, um, learn from that, that sometimes God wants to satisfy and give you your hidden um, um, expectations, your hidden dreams, but we are not able to receive because we don't have the boldness to say, thank you, Lord, I receive from you. Eventually, um, he asked Gehazi to speak to her, and then she said to him, this woman doesn't have a child, and she wants a child. She and her husband has not ha- does not have a family. And then we all know she got a son. And then um, when the son was about seven years old, he was in the field with his father, and then his head got sore and there was this attack on his health and he died. And then I think the first thing that must have gone through that woman's head is why? Why, God, why? I didn't want a present from you. You gave me this son and why now this? How must I now understand this? But you guys, if you read that scripture, the way that woman reacted in those circumstances The first thing she did is she took the child back to the place where the promise came from. She lied him down on Elisha's bed. She gave it to God. And she got um, to her husband, went to her husband and said, give me a servant and give me a donkey and make it fast. And then she rushed to, um, to Elisha. And even on her way there, her husband said to her, what's going on? What's wrong? And she said to him, all is cool. Nothing is wrong. It's fine. And it couldn't have been more chaotic in her life at that moment. But she chose not to get hysteric. She chose not to tell everybody about her um, um, problem and about her anguish and about her pain. She turned to God. And that's just a lesson that I learned in that scripture that God said to me, when you are in pain and anguish, do not get hysterical and do not run around and and worry and, and be sorrowful. Turn to God first. Kruip onder sy flerk, en is die Afrikaanse woorde wat ek daarvoor gebruik. Just run towards God, and get with God. And then she had to leave that behind. Leave your baggage behind. When you when you need God's help, and when you go through the storm, don't bring your problems with you when you rush towards God. Leave them behind. Put them at his feet. And she got to Elisha, and we know that the child was healed. 
and um, um, well, he came alive. He was resurrected from the dead, so to speak. Um, and then you would think the story ends there, but a few chapters on, Gehazi was speaking to, oh, and then in the meantime, there was this huge famine, and she was a rich woman, and her husband was a successful businessman, and she lost, they lost all their land because they had to leave because of this famine. And um, you couldn't get back to your land and get your property back unless you go to the king. And we know how stressful it was in those days. I mean, like Esther and everybody, you don't just approach the king. And who would she be as a woman to approach the king? And then she approached the king. Um, she decided she was going to go. And when she got to the king, he was talking to Gehazi at that moment. And he said to Gehazi, tell me about Elisha and the wonders that he's done. And Gehazi told him about this woman. And as he was speaking, she was standing there and he says, there she is. That's the woman. And then the kings listened to her story and to her testimony. And he appointed someone to give her back her property. Not only that, what she's lost, but every single cent that she's lost in those famine years were also compensated to her. So that's also for me, um, like Genesis 50 verse 20 says, anything that the enemy makes... Uh, happen to your in your life that's bad God will use for good but also just cling to him and believe in him because there's not one single bad thing that can ever happen to your life that God will not use for good if you trust in him morning church my name is Victoria uh, I got a testimony, and this testimony is overdue because it's last year's testimony. But because I'm not, I'm not that type of person who can talk in front of a lot of people, so I keep on not coming to testify about it. But today I just want to shame the devil and give the testimony. <laughs> I work as a domestic worker. And then last day in June, I went home for holidays. And then when I came back, when I was in the bus, I get a phone from my other sister. I got two sisters in Jobek. So my big sister was sick, and then the other one take her to the, to the doctor. And then she was admitted in, in Krishani Hospital. And then in the hospital, they, they found that my sister's intestine were like nox. So on the, I get the bus on the 9th, on the 10th, when I arrive here, she was being operated, and then after operation, uh, two days after operation, they found that my sister's kidney had uh, infection while they were operating him, and they were very bad. And then uh, two days after, on Thursday, they found that her lungs, she, she didn't have lungs. They say her lungs were finished because she's been smoking since she was uh, a teenager. And then I've been praying for my sister, and when I hear all this stuff, I become so numb. I was not angry at God, but I was angry at my sister. And then uh, I went to a home cell, and at a home cell, I asked my home cell, uh, uh, I asked Gary and, uh, uh, and Jeannie and other home cell to pray, to stand on the gap for me and pray for my sister, because I feel like when I'm praying, my prayer is not going up. And then they stand in the gap for me, and then... I, I decided, uh, you know what, uh, I still have to pray. So every 12, 12 o'clock, midday and midnight, I, I will kneel down and, 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 and I pray. And then the, next, the, the following week, uh, Wednesday, when I went to the home cell, and everybody was telling me, Victoria, we've been praying for your sister. 
And Tony said to me, Victoria, you know what? I didn't have a word to say to your sister, to, to, to say to God. I just asked God, she will live, she, will, she won't die. She will live, she won't die. And then when I come back on Thursday, there is a church in Velkhemut. It's called Protea Valley Church. We were doing, they were giving us as domestic workers some skills that one day when we don't have job, we can stand on by ourselves. So I was doing a sewing course, but each and every time when we finish your course, there is a, a time for the word of God. They will give us a life skills. So on that Thursday, uh, a group, uh, we got that group from, from that church and then they sent me an, a WhatsApp message and then in that WhatsApp it was our father who was in heaven. And then I keep on reading the, 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 the prayer. I know the prayer. So sometimes I found that we, we sometimes get familiar with the prayers and we get familiar with God and we start to limit God even in our prayers. And then in, when I read that, 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 that prayer, it stuck to me when it says, let your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. It was like it was the first time I hear that. And then I immediately I kneel down. I say, God, it's not about me. It's not about my sister. It's about you. If you want to take her, I will be broken, but I will understand that it is, it is your will, and I will make peace with that. And then after that, I keep on reading the, the WhatsApp message, and there was this message they say, you have done it for David, and you can do it for me. You have done it for Elijah. You can do it. You've done it for the Israelites. And then I tap on that anointing. When I pray, I keep on saying that also. And then I remember in the scripture, God says, keep me, put, put me in remembrance of my word. And then when I pray for my sister, I say, God, you say, we must put it in your, 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 your remembrance in your word. In Psalm 91, I don't remember the verse nicely. It says, whatever that we ask in Jesus Christ's name, it shall be granted. And then I, I always uh, remind God of that. And then... <laughs> And then on Friday, my sister, she go visit uh, my, 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 my sister at the hospital. And then she was crying and she said, you know what? Here are the doctor, they want to talk to, to, to you. And then I asked the doctor, the doctor said, you know what? There's nothing that we can do for your sister. Uh, and we don't think that she will make it to the night. It was around four. And then I just went to my room and then I just sat there. I never, I didn't pray, I just sat and I was just in quiet time. And then when I was sitting, I hear the voice say, be still and know that I'm God. And then I, I jump on my bed and then I slept. And then 12 o'clock midnight, the alarm ring and then I wake up and then I pray. Tomorrow morning, my sister's daughter was at home in Northwest and then she visited the, 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 the mother also. The doctor, they have removed Friday afternoon, they removed my sister from the machine, from everything, and then they put her in the room. They isolated her, they say, she have to, there's nothing they can do, she must be there and she's going to die alone. And then in that moment, I, I say, you know, God, this is a divine appointment with, with, for you with my sister, and I think it will be a divine visitation also. And then I say, the doctor, they don't believe in miracles, but I do. I know that you are the God that can work miracles. So please show them that you are the Lord, you are the Alpha and Omega, and that you are the one who have bring my sister to this life. And then the Saturday morning when my sister and my, my niece, they went visit the hospital, they found 12 doctors around my sister. They were professionals and they trainees. 
who are around there. And they phone me and say, you know what? We don't know what happened. Even the other, the other mm, sick people, they ask, hey, what's wrong with this lady? Every doctor is around there. When I, I say, what number you say? And then she said 12. I remember that the disciple of God was 12. And then, and then this, the doctor told my sister, he said, you know what? We put your sister three times in the machine. Every organ is okay. We don't know how. Wow. And then... And then when I hear about three times, I, I think about Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then I weep, I weep and say, God, you are awesome. So Amen. I just want to encourage you, church, that don't limit God in every area. It doesn't matter how bad the, area, the, the situation is. Amen. Amen. Let's give glory to God. Wow, sister, you did so well this morning. You could have done it all by yourself. Well done. Um, we're going to watch a clip of somebody dear in, in our family now. And whilst we watch this clip, I would like the ushers to take up the offering. And yes, let's watch this. It's really awesome. We can just switch the lights off, please. You know, when uh, Eugene asked me to testify about Pro Chorus, I kind of thought, okay, how, you know, how is this possible to, to single out one testimony? And, you know, I thought of so many things of people that has been beneficiaries, that's now chartered accountants, um, one studying to be uh, a plumber, one being a professional cyclist, um, and the list goes on. And I just thought, but, you know, I think the most powerful testimony in it all, and I think the one that... I would probably portray the best is just my, you know, what God has done in my heart. And so I'm going to quickly rush you through a couple of things on my journey in Prochorus. And, you know, it's impossible to explain probably in old days time, the whole thing. But when we started, we pretty much had to, um, you know, to a big degree, find funding for our own salary and things. And, you know, we were just like, okay, God, you know, <laughs> it's almost impossible. You have to help us here. And, you know, we met up with a friend, an American guy that... Um, that we've been journeying with, and and he, he sat us down, and you know, he's, you know, he said, "What do you need?" And you know, we said, oh, "Well, we need we need um, leadership funding." And he's like, "Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you leadership funding." Um, and that literally carried us for almost three years, two and a half years. And um, so that was just like amazing. And and the more I think about our journey, the more I think we must we must just write a book about it because literally it's day by day. Um, there's, I mean. Literally for every single um, thing that, that we receive, we actually need to give testimony for. And I've actually been challenged a lot and I just realized that, you know, we must be actually in such a habit of testimony that we must not allow that, like that lady said, you know, allow the devil uh, to, to keep back any testimony that's due to the Lord. Um, so I just actually want to mention the house that we stay in, uh, another American guy. It's just an amazing thing how we ended up in that house and it, we, we're almost staying there for free it's it's crazy it, it's it's really um and and then i just want to kind of bring to the you know mention the, the church's contribution where through so many projects and so many events and so many of our needs and things you know people have just been pouring in and often we don't even ask it's just people that's just giving randomly and um you know, if you don't know what Prochorus is, it's the church's first mercy ministry organization. It started about 20 years ago. So, okay, just for those who don't know. 
Um, by the way, that's where the orange bin is in the foyer for. It's for you know, clothes and food and donations for the poor. Uh, if you want to know more about Prochorus, you can go to Prochorus.org. And just coming to my point, what God did in our hearts is through the whole journey. And somehow it seems that God delights to, to, like also the one lady said, he wants to, our faith is very precious to him. And God has been showing me how much faith actually means to him. And so, so often, you know, we want to, we think we give glory to God through many things and witnessing and stuff. And we do. But, you know, I think often the faith factor is, is almost hidden behind, behind uh, you know, under the surface. But it's, the word of God says that it is more precious than gold and silver. And so it's just been, such a journey of, you know, often we trust God, you know, and we worry and we stress. And, you know, God's actually showed me that stress and worry is a sin. So, you know, maybe I'm just keep quiet and let the convictions sit for a little while because, you know, it's, it's been a, a journey for me to just, to just trust God, to just blindly trust God, to just let go and let God. And, and often I think that's why God comes through very often right at the end. It's like, if God doesn't come through, this is going to be an absolute disaster. And then God comes through every time. So that's my testimony. And I can tell the same story over and over and over and over and over. How, how we, we, we were just in a situation and we don't know how it's going to work. And, you know, you, you tell people and you try and make your own plans. And then in the end, you know, God just comes with this back end and he just says, yeah, okay, here you go, my son. So that's basically my testimony. And just to round it off, we, in, in 2016, um, we, we, we just felt really put on our heart and, and God kind of set us up for this appointment where, we, where somebody needed a 4x4 four four bucky and we just got a 4x4 four four bucky uh, for the family and something bigger that's going to suit, you know, some to drive the family around and stuff like that and to go camping, which we love camping and stuff. We just got the bucky a couple of months earlier and somebody's going on a long-term mission trip and they needed a 4x4 four four bucky and Right there we knew. God set us up. There's no way of denying this. And we, we, we first said, okay, we're going to pray about it on the way home. I told you, I mean, there's no point in praying about it. We know. <laughs> so we gave the bucky and, you know, we, we trusted God's going to provide for us soon. <laughs> and, but the journey that God's walked with us in that, in just becoming so aware of other people's needs, you know, people walking to work, people cycling to work, people that we still had one car. And we were like getting incomplacent and stuff and like, you know, where God, you know, why aren't you supplying? And, you know, we gave, you know, and our hearts is right. And we just discovered our hearts is not right. And, yeah, God, it's been now almost two years. We've been trusting God, you know, to supply in our need. And just to round it off, yesterday we had, we, somebody gave us a car. Um, it's not a four by four bucky, but, you know, God, God knows our need. <laughs> Amen. Come on, God deserves a better clap than that. Um, Good morning, Uh, John Ballon, if I don't know many of you. Eugene contacted me in the week and asked if I would like to testify. It's quite amazing because last Sunday night when I was here, I went forward to actually ask him if there was time to speak about something God has done. Anyway, the time is here and I am grateful for the privilege to be able to share with you how good and how wonderful God is. Two weeks ago, I was here in the evening service. I come most evenings and Crystal uh, Crystal Mayberg spoke. Um, She really spoke. Her address was directed to the generation after hers. It definitely wasn't me, but 
90% of the, of the uh, group is obviously students, and she was speaking to them about her life, her and Anton's life. They've been in ministry in Shofar. And the essence was, don't let your eyes go off Jesus. Keep looking at him, because what you plan to do won't always work out. At the end of the service, she said, everybody over 35, please stand up. Come forward, which I did. And there was opportunity for us to pray with people who wanted to just be prayed for by somebody who was older. Amazing privilege. It's such a wonderful thing to be able to pray with people, and um, it was a very special time. At the end of the time, <clears throat> the person I, spoke, I prayed with last, Starenberg is useful. That's fine. He said, Wim, can I feel a word a bit? I don't know if anybody doesn't understand. Uh, Afrikaans, but that means, can I pray for your ears? Uncle? Uncle's a much thinner word than womb. Womb is a rich, wonderful word. Uncle? Mm. <laughs> it definitely doesn't mean old man, by the way. So, can I pray for your ears? I wear hearing aids on both my ears. So I said to him, well, they've been prayed for quite often, but um, yeah, if that's what you want to do, I'm very grateful. So we prayed. I have to take off my ear to be able to hear if there's any, at least my... <laughs> My hearing aid to be able to work out if there's any change. And I said, uh-uh, Sokisela, would you like to pray again? I asked him. And he said, yeah, I will. And he prayed again. I again took out my hearing aids to, to work out if there was any change, and there wasn't. And we said cheers and went off home. I'll be lying if I told you that I wasn't a bit... It was Muluk that night. <clears throat> you know, one has a sense of God doing something, and particularly when he prayed the second time. I was so conscious of God's presence. And uh, I don't understand why he didn't heal my ears. But they've been prayed for many times. And uh, it wasn't a train smash, but it was something that I had to work through. And I continued to, and the following evening, I'd been up to a conference in Joburg about two months ago. Uh, Bill Johnson had closed the conference. And uh, he'd spoken about uh, a topic that isn't really relevant. But he was given some questions to speak about and, and to answer by the people attending the conference before he started his closing address. And one of the questions was, how do you deal with the fact that your prayers aren't always answered? I hadn't actually intended to listen to that particular talk. There were eight of them, and I was planning to listen to something his son Eric Johnson had spoken about. And I, I don't know why, but I, I sort of clicked on that particular um, file and started listening to it. He was in Reading at the time because his wife had to have an operation and he chose not to come to South Africa. So his opening remark was, well, I'm here, being in Reading, and he was speaking to us, closing the conference, because all prayers aren't answered. But one thing I know, is what he said, and certainly I'm saying to you today, one thing I know is that God is good. I don't understand why he doesn't always answer my prayer and our prayers, but I'm not going to allow my revelation of God to be shaped by things like that. Because in Scripture, we know he's loving. We have experience of his love. We have his goodness displayed to us every day. I'm not going to allow one experience, and even if it repeats itself, to shape who God is. He is too good. And so I just thought that there may be people here today whose sense of disappointment because of prayers not answered 
or circumstances that haven't worked out the way you expected them to, or for whatever reason. And if I can pray with you afterwards, or rather, if you can go to God with that and say honestly to him, I'm, and you can be honest with God. That's the way to deal with it. But sometimes you need to come and pray with somebody else. And if you'd like to, it'd be a privilege to pray with you. Because remember, God is good. He loves you. And because he doesn't answer our prayers always, but like Tony said, he did actually answer it in a way that she didn't realize until the perspective came to her that he was with her in her birth. So what a wonderful God we serve. Hold on to him, even when things around you aren't as great as you hoped they would be. Good morning. I'm Gretel. I'm 72 years old. And I would just like to testify that God is good and he protects About 10 weeks ago, I had back operation. And uh, I went through the exercises and doing what doctors said, walking, etc. And everything was well. And then I had to walk up 20 stairs on the 25th of May. And at the top of the stairs... I had a blackout and I rolled down backwards and I thought, God, if this is my time, it's fine because I know you. But I didn't feel any, anything, no pain. And when I got down, I, I said, well, this isn't heaven. I'm still here. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but Psalm 91 says, God will send his angels to protect us. And I just want to testify that he does. Because I got up and no bones are broken. Wow. <laughs> My back is fine. Yeah. And yes, glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.